1: Yo, what's good everybody? It's your boy Jay here with Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. This is the solo weekend edition where you're gonna get two episodes from me. Make sure you check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listen to. Sharing is caring and tell your friends. And while you're there, rate us and review us and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Man, give us five anyway. Gifted. So, on this version of my solo weekends episode, I'm gonna talk a little bit about. Patriots look like they're really going all in. I kind of want to go a little bit deeper into why I really believe that. The Hornets is the team to talk about. And I'm gonna tell you why that's significant. As well as there's a coach that got fired a couple weeks ago and I'm scratching their heads on it, and I get why. Make sure you check out my boys over at Clutch Culture. They've been doing the thing for a bit. The kids are creating great products, and so we're helping them learn how to be entrepreneurs. Check out their website, www.clutch-culture.com. Again, www.clutch-culture.com. And also, us up on the fan line, which is 430-901-1906 hey everybody it's been a few weeks since i've actually dropped a solo weekend episode and so i feel like i need to give you guys not only one but two and i think i'm gonna start ramping up the content i feel like it's it's time to really invest in me but Let's open up with this. It's funny. If you guys check out like in the description as well as um, social media sites and everything that we have on our pages, uh, we do. I do videos as well. A lot of the times for my solo weekend episodes, I do record them. and I put them in snippets, cut them up, make them like five to seven minutes long and, and post them as separate videos. So if you want to see my commentary as I talk through things and my facial expressions to really get the effect along with my voice, feel free to check those out. But if so, with that, if you check checking it out, you probably noticed something. I've grown the hell out of my hair. Like my hair during the pandemic, as well as um, quarantine, I've let it go. And I kind of attribute that a little bit to kind of what's going on with like the social movement and everything. I've truly embraced me, embraced my hair, and embraced the things I really appreciate my, about myself because I love my hair. I actually have a really great gray of hair. And so I know that it's pretty, pretty, it's, it's, it's something that's really felt special to me, I guess you could say. And so I've always had moments where I've grown my hair and didn't. We've also had those uncomfortable moments where I've kind of been told you, gotta, you need to cut your hair, look more professional, this, that, and the other. And in today's climate, it feels like it's starting to become a lot more acceptable to have hair and to embrace being black and your blackness. And it's not that I was ever ashamed of it, but at the same time, I know that that could be something that can hold me back. And so, now I'm, I'm rocking the fro. I've got the curls going. You can see the little Shirley Temple's popping out because of the greater hair that I have. And I am really appreciative of this now. The cornrows are coming back. I'm doing cornrows. I'm throwing um, my twist in, which I'm probably going to grow that, the twist out and get them really long, maybe go dreads or something. But the, one thing I'm, the point of all of this is embrace you, enjoy you, be you, be authentic, and things will definitely work out. And like I said, with me, everyone knows me as the loud one. If you ask my sister, she'll definitely tell you I'm the loud one in the family. Uh, I am the talker, hence why I have a podcast and I want to talk about sports and really get good at just the conversation around it. It makes me just, like I said, embracing the me. I feel like is the one thing that all of us need to do. Embrace yourself, embrace who you are and really be appreciative of what you bring to the table. And because of that, you got to remember that as you really embrace you, the real you will start to show. And because the real you is now starting to show people will start to either respect you or they'll leave your lives. And that's actually a good thing. You kind of want to start weeding out people out of your lives um, that you that aren't help aren't there to be a positive impact good vibes if if they're not impacting you in that in that type of way, mentor, mentee, friend, relationship it's time to start to you know cleanse all of that stuff because you only get one life and you have to truly enjoy what you're doing in every aspect as much of it as you can possibly control. Because of course, there's controllables in life there's not controllables. And the one bigger controllable that you can do is making the choices of what you have in front of you, what you have in your life, who you have around, et cetera. And so the more you embrace you, the more you is going to come out. And then you're going to start recognizing the things about you, your strengths, weaknesses, and it makes it easier for your transition to whatever you want to get into. And I think about that because NFL free agency is going on right now. And, uh, one of the common things I've heard some talking heads say about free agency is free agency is, um, retail prices where the draft is wholesale prices. You get things a lot cheaper and you just get better value out of the draft, but it's also a lot harder because it's more of a crapshoot in comparison to free agency where you kind of know what you're getting, but you're getting it at a premium, um, and we're seeing that now where teams are, this is when teams, first, especially the first week, like today is Thursday and the NFL, the the legal tampering, legal tampering time has just passed, which was in, uh, was uh, Monday, basically Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday was the start of the league year. And that's when the official signatures can be done. The trades can be executed, all of that stuff. But in, in theory, all the legal tampering has been going on since, um, right after the Super Bowl, it's when you started seeing it, right around the Super Bowl, and after is when you start seeing all the trades and stuff really start to populate. But anyway, that's when people are, like I said, spending money. But then you start seeing who's really who and who people are who they say they are, because um, people will show you who they are. You just have to believe them when they show you up front, and some people. When you give them more, and I was listening to Colin uh, Cowher talk about this. He mentioned, and which was a great monologue, that, you know, people, when you give them more stuff, you start to really see who they are. Someone that, and this is is quoting him, if you give someone more money, if they're a generous person, they're going to be generous. They're going to actually be more generous. You'll see them giving more. Um, If you give uh, someone that's selfish more money, they're going to continue to be selfish. They're going to do more selfish things. And you start to see all of that. I mean, resources, all of that stuff. It shows you people's character. And so now we're talking about in free agency, the one team I really want to dive into is the New England Patriots. So the Patriots have decided to come into free agency, guns of blaring, money, money in rolls, and just throwing it, making it rain. But a lot of the people are talking about this. They're making it seem like this is uncommon for the Patriots. Now, spending wildly in free agency, I could totally see this being an uncommon thing, especially because this year the Patriots had, as Jimmy mentioned on the last episode, 60-something million dollars in cap space, which is not, if anything, that's not common for the Patriots. They don't usually have that much money available because they usually lock up the players that they really need, and the one place that the Patriots are known for throwing money at, Bill Belichick, namely. Is at the defense. He he he's a defensive guy, so he always spends money. Defensive line, linebackers, corners. His defensive nucleus is usually where the money is. And then on the offensive side, it's typically the offensive line and Tom Brady. That was where the money went. Not on skills, positions. I'm sorry, and tight ends. He loves tight ends. And so now that after last season with the players that opted out, so he had about seven players opt out. He had Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, Marcus Cannon, Marcus Lee, Marquise Lee, Brandon Bolden, somebody else that also opted out, but I couldn't find the name. And because of that, they lost these key components to their defense and offense. They kind of looked really lackluster. And even as a lackluster team with less people, they were still able to win seven games. And so this year, now we have Cam Newton who has come into play at quarterback and they brought him back as the first re-signing. They paid him he's roughly at 14 million, I think is the max he can make this year that's kind of like an old school Tom Brady contract. I mean, there was points where Tom Brady was up there, the highest paid quarterbacks. And then he tiered down into more of a team friendly type contract structure to where he can add pieces around him and be successful. And I feel like that's what they're doing now with Tom, with um, Cam Newton. They're giving him these additional chances and now they're able to build around him. And so they went out there and they spent some money. They got two wide receivers in um uh, in, in Kendrick Bourne as well as Nelson Aguilar, two tight ends in Johnu Smith as well as um Hunter uh Henry, linebacker uh Matthew Judon and they actually just went back and re got uh Kyle Van and then Jalen Mills at the corner safety position and Devon Gotcha probably butchered that. He was added D tackle and a few other pieces to their roster and so everyone has been talking about oh my god belichick is spending money he's going crazy this is not like him and i have to bet to differ on a lot of that and it's not it's more so it feels like a lot of the details about belichick people overlook like i said you give somebody more they're going to show you who they truly are he betted a lot on the things that he likes tight ends not number one wide receivers, not even really number two wide receivers, but number three wide receivers, roughly. Guys that aren't your main attraction, but are productive. And to be honest, a lot of teams, your three is usually one of your more reliable receivers, it seems like for a lot of teams. That's that slot guy, the one that just shifty and does random things and pop up and make big catches. Julian Ellman's one of those type of guys. You always put two big anchors next to him and then Edelman just does the smart thing and get open. And then he focused on defense. Now, Jalen Mills was probably the most questionable getting four years, 24 million, with only only nine million guaranteed, which isn't that bad. But Mills doesn't have really top-end speed. At least that's what the critics say. And that's where the issues lie with him in Philly where he moved to safety from corner because he can't keep up with some of the top receivers. I think Belichick knows what he's doing. I think Belichick is terrible at drafting, but I think he's really good at adding the right players at the right positions. And the things that Belichick goes after it feels like it's more schematic setups, players that fit perfectly in his scheme outside of getting players that are big on big play, big splash. Cam Newton added in there, it is probably the biggest splash he has in there, but he's not paying him a whole bunch of money. He may have overpaid for John Smith as well as Hunter Henry, but they're tight ends. That's the thing that that his offense has seemed to flourish best with tight ends going back to who he really is when it comes to investing on the offensive side and Josh McDaniels offense. I bet you they're going to do great with two tight ends and Cam Newton. And then when you add those receivers, most teams do not win Super Bowls with top with number one receivers with, with top end receivers. Kansas city was a, was I guess you could say a anomaly in Tampa Bay last year, the last two years, Kansas city more so because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and he's able to make all his receivers look great. And Tyree kills just, he's he's, he has grown into one of the best route runners with speed. We have probably ever seen. Then you add the Buccaneers last year, but that was Tom Brady with Godwin and Evans and Antonio Brown. It didn't feel like they really had a number one. They have number one receivers. Like all three of those are basically number one receivers, but they're not number ones. You know what I'm saying? They're not Megatron. They're not Julio Jones, where they're the own they're the main piece. Belichick grabs components that can work together. High IQ guys, guys that are really smart and know how to find ways to understand not only their offense, but make make the right routes and plays to get themselves open. So offensively, it feels like they added guys to go back to an old school scheme. And it seems like their offense is going to be pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, dump, 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 which if you want me to be honest, it's probably going to win them more games than it would be having a guy that's just a straight up burner and trying to go deep to a number one guy like that. Using Cam at his strength, which is getting him out there. around listen to Warren Sharp mention this. Cam going out there running early, he seems to give, build his confidence after he gets that first pop because he's a hitter. He likes to be hit. He, he's the he's a, he's a man's man when it comes to football. That's what the Patriots feel like they're doing, especially on the offensive side. And then they're ramping up the defense to make sure that they're helping the offense as much as possible be successful. So keep an eye out on what, what, what Belichick is doing. I think he's done for the most part as far as the big signings because he didn't really go after any massive names. But he did buy early, which is very uncommon. That is the uncommon thing he bought early. But I think that this is right on track of what something a Belichick would do if every year he had $65 million to spend.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. COX Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. COX is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on COX analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and COX serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
1: Okay. Now, I feel like I have done all of you a disservice. And my apologies on this because I haven't really talked much about the Thunder this year. Um, Especially a lot of the local listeners, being us in Oklahoma and a lot of friends and family. I know you all tune in. I haven't talked a lot about the Thunder, uh, more so just slacking because they haven't really been the big headline. But I feel like on my solos, I need to focus more. I need to have my Thunder Thursdays and I need to really do that. And so I'm going to bring that to you. It's not going to be on this episode though, (laughs) it'll be on the one that will drop Saturday. And I want to talk about them because they're playing some great basketball for a team that shouldn't be where they are and then of course the most recent thing that happened they traded with the Miami Heat and got second round pick as well as the contract for Miles Leonard and one of my buddies got was pretty pissed off about it he felt like it was not that was not a good look bad optics or whatnot and I get his point I get it you're not wrong let's put it like that now I'm gonna address that first and I'm gonna dive into kind of what the segment really is about but yes, it can be seen as bad optics for the Thunder to go make a trade with a, I guess you could say, a friend of the organization who they've done stuff with in the past uh, to help them out in their playoff run by sending Trevor Ariza there for Miles Leonard's contract as well as the second round pick. But at the same time, you got to also remember two things. One, the league hasn't suspended Miles Leonard outside of that one week. Like, he's not expelled from the league because of his anti uh anti semitic uh comments he made during his stream as a uh video gamer so that right there if you want me to be quite honest tells you enough about the league that they're they're not that's not something they're gonna truly fully discipline somebody on well they're not gonna expel somebody on they disciplined them they're gonna expel them on and so oklahoma city basically received a call saying hey we need another guy that can play the wing we're willing to send you this he's not your guy's not gonna ever suit up for you uh, basically pull Andre Igadala and not play until he's gone somewhere that he wants to go but you know even though rumor is is that Ariza actually has some issues going on and so it makes sense that Oklahoma City be like sure we'll send you his contract we'll take in this lighter contract which expires at the end of this year or they have a team option they can let the guy go and help out the heat And so it it makes sense that they did this move because they got a second round draft pick out of it. Miles Leonard will never suit up for us, I promise you that. Based upon the way I know the organization works, they will never, he will never suit up for the team. And they basically just leveraged more draft picks for growing the team for the future. So I get the upset thought behind it because, you know, of course, it's Oklahoma City. Of course, Oklahoma would take this type of person in. But... He, like I said, his contract. He got nine million this year. He's a team option next year at ten. He will be released. He, the team won't opt into that contract. They're going to opt out, let his his contract fall off, and then guess what? We'll probably never see Miles Leonard again. So, because he's still in the league, and there's nothing you can do about that, and it's the only reason why he was in there was for the um for the money to work to make the deal go down. It made sense for Oklahoma city to make this move. It hundred percent made sense. And because of that, miles is not probably going to get signed by anybody. He probably is gone for a few years. He's going to have to go through a, one of those uh, tours where he proves himself and that's, and, and, and shows that he truly is remorseful for the things he said. And I don't know if that's going to be enough. So don't be mad. at Oklahoma city for making a good deal because it made sense for them to make this move, especially for a guy that's never going to ever fly into Oklahoma city. Makes sense. But this is what I actually want to talk about though. Let's jump into the Lloyd Pierce firing. So Lloyd Pierce was let go by the, um, by the Atlanta Hawks. What was that? Right before the all-star break. The team was 14 and 20, and they were 11th in the Eastern Conference. And uh, they had just lost to the – it was like March 1st. It, um, yeah, they had just lost to the Heat on Sunday night, Uh, 109 to 99. So the team's 14 and 20. Lloyd Pierce gets fired. and A few people are scratching their head of, Oh, man, they, you know, they just taking this man down. It's not cool, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, I get why he got fired. I'm, I'm going to be honest. So the team started off hot. Like they started the season off hot, and we thought that they were going to do something and it just didn't work out and this is where i see things didn't work out this is my opinion on this one okay right my thoughts is any team right now that's not doing good that didn't make the bubble they're not gonna get any better anytime soon now a lot of the teams Like, for example, Chicago got a new coach. So I expect them to have growing pains and trying to get things together. Um, But for the most part, teams like Pistons, Magic, Minnesota, Sacramento, teams that didn't make the bubble, you should be concerned about them as an organization moving forward. Because if you truly think about it, they've been off. They were off since March. And a lot of teams today are struggling coming back from the bubble, especially those that went deep into the playoffs. So, they like Boston's struggling, um, <clears throat> the uh, Denver Nuggets are struggling. The Lakers, honestly, kind of starting to struggle. The Heat started the season off struggling, and now they're starting to ramp up. You'll notice that the the really, really, really good teams, especially those that are eliminated early in the the bubble, are starting to stick out. Utah, first-round exit. Look at them, number one in the West. 76ers, first-round exit. Look at them, number one in the East. Brooklyn, they're starting to move up, first-round exit all these teams that basically got sent out early are on an upward trajectory. And I think that the reason for that is, is that they didn't have a long layoff. They had enough of a layoff to where they got a quick, quick rest, but they were still in the groove of things. Whereas teams like the Lakers and the heat went to the wire and they're exhausted from it. The Nuggets, They they had two straight seven-game series before they finally got pushed away by the Lakers. So, you know, they're exhausted from not only the longevity of being in the bubble but playing so deep into the season and then having to turn it back around and start the season up. The Jazz didn't have to worry about that. The Blazers didn't, and you can see that they're doing a little bit better. But the Hawks should have been a lot better coming out the gate and continuously out the gate. Now the Hawks are doing better. Them and the Knicks are actually playoff teams right now. So are the Charlotte Hornets. I'm gonna talk about the Hornets a little bit later. But the Bucks, they're they were out second round, so they're doing just fine. Boston's struggling and they don't look like they're tough. Like I listened to Ryan when and he's kind of mentioning it. it felt like they, uh, there's like a softness to them and I don't know what it is. I think Brad Stevens has hit his peak with this team and it's time to get somebody else that can move them to the next level. So I expect Boston to probably move on from their coach. Um, cause I get that. But the, a lot of these teams that should have been, unless you made some big changes like, the, like the Rockets, I get why the Rockets are so bad. They good at their roster. Same thing with Oklahoma city. So the teams that basically ran it back should be a lot better than they were before. And the Hawks are one of those. And at the same time, they added some pieces to their roster on the defensive side with Chris Dunn and Rajon Rondo, they were supposed to actually propel them up and it didn't work out. Now they're on a the six-game winning streak after letting go of their coach uh, with Nate McMillan, which is a veteran coach that I feel like can get somebody to the next level because he was really good in Indiana. He was really good in Portland. They needed that guy to give them the ump and they're getting that now. But that Lloyd Pierce firing made 100% sense. Like I'm not going to ever argue why they, they let him go on that because like I said, They were out. They didn't make the bubble, and they came back looking strong, and then it just flatlined. Now it could be injuries and stuff. I think they lost – was it DeAndre Hunter? They they lost him for a bit. I get some of that stuff. But that team should have been a hell of a lot better this year going into. And it actually makes me think about – Yeah, because they actually added Adinelo Gallinari, who's been in and out this season. That dude is, has finessed his way to some money. I am impressed with Gallinari's ability to not make an all-star game and still get paid $20 million a year. Um, and, and Bogdan Bogdanovich, who has also missed a lot of time. But my point is a team like them should be a lot better than what they are. And... They're now starting to show it, which is good. And that, like, I, and I was mentioning it, Trey Young piece. Um, I'm kind of curious: will they ever, will he ever get back to the All Star game? I'm gonna talk about that on another episode as I kind of talk even more about the All Star. But that's gonna be interesting. Will he end up being, um, you know what? I'll throw that on Saturdays because I have a question about him as well as another guard that I'm wondering will be the next Mike Conley, who for some reason never makes the All Star game. Has never made the all-star game until this year as a replacement. But he's been, he's played at a high level for years. But we all know why. Um, he's in the Western Conference. I'm going to talk about that as well. So with that, his firing made sense. And I'm surprised we're not seeing any other movements in that regard. Because um, the NBA this year right now, I mean, super weird, of course. I mean, like the Wizards, they've been up and down. They're back down now at five straight. So I'm waiting to see when Scott Brooks will get let go, because there's no reason for Scott Brooks to still be there. He's been there for too long and they have not really produced anything hell. They still haven't won 50 games. I think ever. Oh no. It's, it's, the Bullets had had it back in the day. Probably ended with the 70s. Last time they won 50 games in the season. Ain't seen that since. That's not a good thing. That's a bad look. But these teams that aren't producing right now after being in the bubble, like the Raptors, they made the bubble. They're struggling. I don't know why. I'm trying to figure out who's hurt. Because I think most of their players have played this year, and the Raptors are looking really, really bad. Like Nick Nurse is getting, trying to get questionable about his coaching ability. Even though he did really good last year, Getting to the bubble, getting to the playoffs, but. I don't know what's going to happen with them. So in conclusion, my point, teams that didn't make the bubble and they're not better, they're probably not going to get better anytime soon until they start making some changes. Some of the changes is personnel as well as coaching. And at this point, it was time for the Hawks to go ahead and move forward with more of a veteran coach that can really get the best out of this roster because their roster is actually not bad at all for the East.
0: Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.
1: Okay, all right. Let's talk about... A team that has been surprising to everybody, not only as good as they are, but they're actually must-see TV. So, of course, we know the biggest must-see TV in the NBA right now, contrary to belief, is not the Brooklyn Nets. It's really the Pelicans. Zion is so much fun to watch. And there's never been an era where I knew where... The Pelicans or team in New Orleans was just a team that you really want to tune into. They've been good teams. They've had some moments with the Hornets back when they relocated, but not real history. Now let's talk about some real history here. Turn this, turn this off. Actually, um, all of our loyal listeners, especially you, all of you of age, would understand what it means to watch the Charlotte Hornets back in the 90s. I mean, they were a fun team, and a lot of people rooted for them not even being from there just because of the pinstripe jerseys, the the Hornets, the, the Hornets' nest at the in the arena on the court, the legends that played there, Alonzo Mourning, Muggsy Bogues, Larry Grandmama Johnson, Vladdy Divac, when he was there. Hell, he was traded there for... Kobe, there was a thing about the Hornets. Their color scheme was was like that was back before like really colorful, colorful colors jumped out and got a lot of attention. But at the same time, you really people people were starting to get into that trend. You know what I'm saying? That 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 teal and purple became a thing. People would rock those jerseys. That was especially in the jersey era. Uh, the throwbacks. People were rocking the hell out of that jersey because it was fly. For that time so you have the starter jackets i mean i think that was probably the favorite uh outside of notre dame and georgetown those were probably the th- and 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 the charlotte hornets were probably the three starter jackets that were like the starter jackets of all starter jackets and then of course the raiders and you weren't allowed to wear the raiders because back then when i was young in the early 90s that had everything to do with uh nwa and everybody's like nope can't wear the silver raiders anything no la stuff because of all of that. But that Hornets jersey was a big time deal. They said The pinstripe jerseys were a vibe. Then they relocated. Then they got a team back two years later, which their relocation was all because of ownership. The owner was broke. And well, well one, he's not broke, but he broke for an owner. And two, he had so many scandals going on in Charlotte that he had to leave. He wasn't getting any support from the people. It wasn't because the team was losing, it was because of him. People show up to Charlotte games, even if they were bad. They show, they had, they had a, they have a solid fan base there. And they've endured so much over the years. And then, of course, the Bobcats showed up, which Rob Johnson showed how much of a narcissist he is by naming the team as a mascot after himself, the Bobcats. And then Michael Jordan jumped in, purchased the team. Now he owns it, and we're seeing something. But the reason why they're must-see TV is because of the draft pick, La- LaMelo Ball. Now, we got to just go ahead and give uh, uh, LaVar Ball his flowers. He said that LaMelo was going to be the best one. He said that Lonzo was going to be drafted by the Lakers. He's gotten two out of the three. Now he's working on getting Jello into the league. Uh, If he can get him into the league, you got it. But the Hornets are better because of LaMelo Ball. He is so much fun to watch. His court vision is ridiculous. The ability to pass is outstanding. He can shoot when he wants to. But you can tell that he's out there focusing on making everybody else better, more so than being the gunner that we saw him in high school and in Australia and in Lithuania. He's just not out there just gunning a gun. He's playing at a pro level. Then, of course, he shot up to what, 6'6'6'7, six, 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 which. I mean, things surprised a few people, but at the same time, Jello six four six five built like a wide receiver tight end, and then Lonzo six 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 seven ish, and he's built like a point guard, a basketball player. Mello was little Mello as Carmelo has now passed the name down. Dude is, is ridiculous. So everybody was asking the question, "Why is not he starting?" He should have been starting a long time ago, and now he is. He got the starting nod February first. They were ten and eleven at the time. Since then, they've won ten out of their last seven. Which I actually think they played last night, and I didn't even check to see if they won again. They lost, um, so they're ten and eight in their last since he started. But they're twenty and nineteen. They're in the playoffs since he's gone to starting lineup. They're moving to playoffs. They're the fifth seed, which everyone in the East, you know, of course, the East is always kind of blase when it comes to. Their, their playoff picture is they always end up having a team that's under 500 or right at 500 making the playoffs where the, the West typically has teams that are usually 10 games over 500 getting, that don't make the playoffs, which helps the argument of we need to go conference I get that part. But LaMelo's balling and he's so much fun to watch. This is the first time, and I think it was Dragonfly Jones that mentioned this on Twitter, that this is the time, first time in a long time that people are seeing what we saw in the Hornets back in the 90s. Like I said, the jerseys are dope. They always were. I don't know about the, their their statement or city ones that they have now, but the pinstripes fly, are fire. They're still fire. I still enjoy those jerseys uh, with the teal and the purple. They're out there playing fun basketball i mean gordon hayward's over there posterizing people gordon hayward guys he's postering people we are in a new era of hornets basketball and i think Lamelo's is going to lead them to i don't know if he leads them to a championship but i think he's gonna lead them to some deep playoff runs over the next few years he may have replaced some teams in the east with their ability so keep an eye on Lamelo ball he's probably my favorite watch right now especially in the east Brooklyn's cool, but they're not really healthy. So they're not full strength. And we don't know when it's going to be before they come full strength. But right now in the East, the funnest team to watch is 100% Hornets. Tune in. Enjoy the game. This, like I said, this reminds me of the 90s Hornets. And I love it. I love it. And so with that, we got to start looking at um, Lonzo and his trek for um, most improved player. But I'll talk about him on Saturday when I talk a little bit about Oklahoma City because I got some most improved player uh, thoughts that I want to throw out there. So, yeah, Hornets, 20-19, probably going to make the playoffs if they keep balling the way they did through LaMelo and starting lineup. We have returned. They have returned. Oh, I appreciate you joining me as usual here on Unfair, the solo edition with me, Jay. Like I said, um, I'm going to have another episode drop on Saturday. Probably will record that in the next day or two. Uh, I got a whole bunch of uh, hot, super hot fire takes that I want to throw out there at you all. So for Mike, Bobby, Wendy, thank you so much for helping me out with these extra episodes. If I'm a coach, Jimmy, I have another episode Saturday. We'll talk some college basketball as well as more NBA super hot fire takes. Um, I ain't talk about my Buccaneers. I don't know yet. But with that, I'll chop it up with you all in a few days.
0: Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox.